Thank you, Pastor. It's an honor to be part of this church family, I'll tell you. Appreciate it. You have your outline in your bulletin, I hope, and you might have a pencil. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's really self-explanatory. But help us as we need the reminder are we ready? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. This is about the rapture. I've conducted a lot of funerals in my few years of ministry, and uh, it's never, I never cease to amaze the tone of people at different funerals, what they think about the loss of their loved one. The, the variety of emotions is unbelievable. And I just recently had two of them. They were different kinds of funerals. But you know, the Thessalonians to whom uh, Paul wrote this letter, they had the same problems because they were confused about the coming of the Lord and they thought that their loved ones who had already died were going to miss out somehow in this great and wonderful doctrine of the Bible. And Paul writes these verses to clarify that and he does it in a very, very wonderful way. And so he, he lets them know that they won't miss it, uh, especially for the Christians. This is a great comfort. But I want to warn you folks today, we have a great variety of people here, and some of you are not ready for the rapture because you've never trusted Jesus as your personal Savior. Therefore, you're not ready. This is kind of a wake-up call for we who are believers and kind of an alert call for you who have never trusted Jesus as your personal Savior. There was a church located near a real busy thoroughfare. And you know how the truckers have the CB radios and they talk back and forth. And so in this church, this particular morning, right near this big freeway, of course, the pastor said, Oh Lord, we beseech you to meet our various needs. Suddenly, he was interrupted by a loud voice that cracked over the CB, I'll be right on down. And you see, that's what the Lord's going to say one of these days, I'll be right on down. And he's coming to take us all to heaven, we who have trusted him as our personal Savior. So, you know, we used to sing a song, some of us olders, we used to sing a song at it may be at morn when the day is awakening, when sunlight through darkness and shadow is breaking, that Jesus will come in the fullness of glory to receive 
from the world his own. And one of these days we're going to hear that call and we're going to go home to be with the Lord. So uh, Paul does this in a very interesting way. So first of all, number one of our outline, the persons. It tells us real easily right there who the persons are uh, of the rapture. It's the believers who are asleep in verse 13. Those who are asleep in Jesus, who have died as believers in Jesus. The Bible calls them asleep. That's referring, of course, to the body, not the soul, just, just the body. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. And incidentally, some of us may be ignorant. That's why it's good for him to say, I don't want you to be ignorant, because he knows that some people are ignorant. And so, therefore, we need to know what it really says about the rapture, and the, we get the information right here. So, it's interesting. In fact, sleeping Christians, of course, some sleep in church, and some sleep at home, and, and, but, you know... We're talking, about those, we're talking about those who have died in Christ and who, are, and who are in the cemetery. Actually, the word cemetery, you know what it means? It means sleeping place. That's what it means, cemetery, sleeping place, talking about the body. Well, uh, anyway, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about these things. But he says, some people are without hope, and they don't know what's going on. And I don't want any of us to be without hope because we want to know exactly what God's Word tells us about these things. Uh, I know that, uh, that Paul said here, he said, I don't want you to, to be uh, uh, without hope like, like a lot of people are. And I, I read of a submarine that went down off of Massachusetts and uh, it, uh, it was hopeless. The, all the men were buried inside the submarine. There was no chance for retrieval. And, and one of the divers trying to, trying to find some way to make a, a, a way of escape for these guys, he could hear a, a kind of a tapping. So with his helmet fixed next to the submarine, and of course he knew the Morse code, and inside these, these guys that were dying inside this submarine, they kept tapping out this, this question, is there any hope? Is there any hope? Well, for them there wasn't. That's too bad. Thank God we have Christ. We know that there's a scripture, Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, the persons of the rapture are believers who are asleep in Jesus. And then the next are, the, are, the, are believers, we who are alive. Now, you see, the Apostle Paul uses the word we in here a couple of times because he expected to be alive when Jesus came back. That means it's the imminent doctrine of the return of Christ. We expect him any time. There is nothing that has to take place for Jesus to come. It could happen right now before you go out the door today. That's a wonderful doctrine, the doctrine of the imminent return of Christ. Paul really emphasized this all the time. Well, the persons are those who are dead in Christ and those who are alive when Jesus comes. Then uh, uh, point number two is, the, is actually the procedure. And that's kind of interesting, the procedure, how it actually works. Well, notice in verse 14, it's Jesus first. Now, I say that because notice what it says. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So Jesus, he sets the pattern for all of us who remain 
now because his resurrection guarantees our resurrection. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, you go on down through Scripture, and you will find that not only is Jesus first, but look at in, uh, in verses 14 and 15 and 16. I won't read them all, but then it's Jesus first who sets the pace in this procedure. And then number two, the dead saints are raised first. You see, you may think you have an advantage over your dead loved one who is a Christian, but in the, res but in the rapture you're not because they're, they're going to be raised first, and then we who are alive will be raptured after that, see? It'll be all happening very quickly, of course. You won't have time to think much about it. It's going to happen just like that. But anyway, so Jesus first, and then the dead saints, and we find that as, as you read, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain, you see, that's why, that's why um, <clears throat> uh, he's talking about we who are alive and, and those who are dead. So that's, that's number, that would be a number that would be the next one. And then, of course, notice that it can happen any time, which I've already talked about in verse 15, because it's imminent. Paul says, we who are alive. Now, I have put in your, uh, in your outline, I believe, there are only two ways to get to heaven. This is kind of nice to know. It's just scriptural information that you might want to tuck away in your mind because it's pretty good. Two ways to get to heaven. One, by resurrection or by rapture but only if you're a believer in Jesus. If you're not a believer in Jesus, it won't happen, friend, because uh, that's, the way, that's the way you get there, is by, by trusting Christ as your Savior, and that's the way to get to heaven, by resurrection, by rapture. A lot of us have many, many friends who have already gone on to be with the Lord, and they're Christians, and they're going to be taken in the rapture. They'll be resurrected. And we who are alive, we're going to be we're going to be snatched away, and I'm going to talk about that in just a few moments. Okay, now not only do, not only does do we do, do do we talk about these or the, the procedure, but notice the method. I, I like the method here, and I'm going to get right down to it because notice in verse 18 the method of this rapture. Uh, number four is the Lord will descend. Verse 16 says the Lord will descend, shall descend. However, your Bible reads it. And then it says there's going to be a shout, and I can't even imagine what that is going to be like. Can you? A shout that in the entire world, every believing Christian will hear a shout. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Okay, so the Lord will descend, A, B, there's going to be a shout, and, and a lot of scriptures talk about this. John 5, 25 says uh, the, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. John 5, 25. And remember when the Lord spoke to Lazarus when he was dead? He spoke his name and he rose. Well, we're gonna, in the rapture, we're going to hear a voice that's announcing Jesus come to take us, take us to, to, to glory. So uh, point number C, that's the voice of the archangel. We don't really understand all that that means, but we know that an archangel is named in the Bible. His name is Michelangelo. <laughs> no, that's not his name, is it? <laughs> that's the artist. Michael is the, and in Jude, in, uh, in Scripture, his name is given. As, but we don't know precisely what his, his role will be in that, but there are some intriguing interpretations of what that meant by his voice of Michael. Then number D, um, I didn't put all these in your outline, but D is the trump of God. 
Can you imagine? I hear a shout, a shout from the Lord, a shout from Michael, and a, and a, and a, and a trumpet sounding. Those are all going to be simultaneous sounds that we hear uh, at the rapture. And then, uh, then it says the dead in Christ will rise first, verse 16. And then we, uh, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, verse 17. The word caught up is a very interesting word. Uh, I love it in Portuguese. It's arrebatar. It means just snatch them right out of it. That's what it means in Portuguese. And the same thing in English, too. So in English, if you did the Greek on this, you could find several different ways that the phrase caught up is used in Scripture. It's used uh, here. It says caught up. Uh, and in Acts, it's, it's, it says catch away speedily. So you, you kind of get the point that catching and catching away speedily, it's going to happen very, very quickly. There's another one. To seize by force. Isn't that a good one? Same verse, translated differently in different verses. Seize by force. Here's another one. To claim for oneself. You know, why don't you? When Jesus comes, he's coming down to take us home because he's going to claim us for himself. Praise the Lord. There's another one. It says to... to uh, it says to, to move to a new place. That's a good one, isn't it? To be caught up, to move to a new place. It's called heaven, right? Okay. Now, another one is to rescue from danger. And all of these are very, very, very picturesque in their meaning. Because you see, uh, Satan, who is the prince of the power of the air, we're told in Ephesians, well, he kind of he is in all of this area around here, and this is where we live. And so in the rapture, Jesus is going to come down and take us out of his territory. And that's why he's called, we will be caught up and we will be rescued from danger. We will no longer be subject to the, all of the mess that the devil gets us into day by day. Okay, let's see here. Incidentally, class, in... Uh, in 1 Corinthians, we are told in chapter, uh, chapter 15, I think it's verse 52, this is going to happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Does anyone happen to know how much a twinkling of an eye is? Well, I didn't know either, but I'll tell you because I found out from someone else. One one-thousandth of a second. So if you're not ready to meet Jesus, my friend, and if you, we go out to take the pictures in a few moments, if, if you reach the door and Jesus comes... If you haven't made your decision for Jesus, you're not saved. You better do it before the photo picture today, I'd say. And I'm not even doing this to threaten anybody. Yes, we have to be, we have to be ready. And the Bible says in another verse, it says we will all be changed. You see, when you hear that shout and the trumpet, Michael, Michael talking, and the trumpet and all that, uh, it's going to happen in one one thousandth of a second. And then, bingo, all of us who are alive as we make our way upward in that microseconds, we're all going to be changed. You have a few pains right now, don't you? Anyone have any pains in their body? Well, I know you won't raise your hand, but you don't have to. Uh, we, have, we have any troubles? Well, when Jesus comes... In one one-thousandth of a second, it will all be over, and he's going to change our bodies to be like his. It's going to be wonderful. 
going to be wonderful. Okay. A little girl was, she was taught in her Sunday school that she, about the second coming of Jesus. And, uh, and she was really, went home and kind of was quizzing her mother. And she said, Mother, she said, uh, do you believe that Jesus will come back? And her mother said, yes. Well, will he come back today? And she said, yes. That's what she believed. He could come back today, of course. Well, uh, is he going to back, come back in a few minutes? And she said, yes. Uh, yes, dear. And she said, well, Mommy, would you comb my hair, please? How would you prepare for Jesus coming? It would be more than combing your hair. Get your heart right with God. Trust him as your Savior. So you know that when he comes, you're in his crowd that he's going to take to heaven. Okay. Jesus is coming. The third part, the third part of our outline says, it's in verse 17, I call it the permanence. And it's just real easy. It says, we shall always be with the Lord. Do you know what that means? That means forever. Always be with the Lord. That's the end of that, that tremendous journey. Go to heaven to be with Jesus forever. And you might have trouble thinking that all the way through, but I tell you, friend, when, when you get there, it's going to be so wonderful, you will never want to leave, nor can you, because that's why he's going to take you there. A pastor was preaching on going to heaven. This is good. He said, how many, how many of you would like to go to heaven tonight? And everybody raised their hand. But he noticed the boy in the balcony that didn't raise his hand. He says, son, uh, don't you want to go to heaven? Uh, well, yeah, but uh, don't, do you want to go to heaven like he was saying tonight? And the little boy said, well, sir, uh, son, don't you, don't you really want to go to heaven? And the little boy said, yeah, uh, someday, but, but I, thought you were, I thought you were getting up a, you know what I was going to say? He says, I thought you were getting up a load right now. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, folks, I am getting up a load right now. Because you see, if you, if you don't have the right relationship to Jesus, you're on the outside. We don't want you on the outside. We want you on the inside. We want you to be in Christ, the, hyper, the hope of glory. What a wonderful thing to do. Well, anyway, there's... There is one more thing to talk about here, and it's in the, the fourth part of our outline. It says the proclamation. You know what the proclamation is? Look at it. Look at it in verse 18. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. That's all you have to do. Just encourage everyone with what we're talking about today, these few little verses in Thessalonians. It's wonderful. There was a sign in front of a church that said, A going church for a coming Christ. That's a good sign. A going church for a coming Christ. Good, good way to say it. Someone said, It is later than you think, and most of us are not thinking. That's true. Two things, two things will surprise us when we arrive in heaven. Who is there and who is not? Kind of sad, isn't it? <clears throat> so, we have a sound to hear, 
a sight to see, a miracle to feel, a meeting to enjoy, and a comfort to experience. If you're ready to meet Jesus, let's bow in prayer. Father, and before I pray, dear listener, you may be here without Jesus. Why don't you just say these words? Dear Jesus, you know, I, I know I'm a sinner. You died for me on the cross of Calvary, and you shed your precious blood that I might have life eternal. I want to be ready for that rapture. Help me by being right now a man, a woman, or boy, or girl enough to just to say yes to Jesus. I want you as my personal Savior. Just tell him that, my dear friend. And if you do, he will save your soul, and you'll be ready to meet him. How many, how many prayed that prayer as I said it? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone ready that's never met the Lord Jesus at his command to be saved? I trust you will, my friend. Lord Jesus, just speak to our hearts and help us to know that we must be ready for your coming. And thank you for all you did that helped us to get ready. Thank you for Jesus, our Savior. And bless these dear ones today listening that each will make his decision before it is too late. Are you ready? Oh, Lord, I pray they will answer that question the right way today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.